This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about What If Season 2, Episode 6, What If Kehori Reshaped the World. So many stories spawn from a choice. But Kehori's victory wasn't because she merely chose the right path. No, it was her conviction. Because she remained true to her course, unwavering in the face of both devastation and miracles alike. Such resolve is often what burns brightest, what elevates an individual to something more. And perhaps it's why heroes very seldom stop after their first victory. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. Oh, daily podcasting, John. I know. There's a lot of podcasts, isn't it? Lots of podcasts. <laughs> but back we into the swing of things, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But we are six episodes into What If, with a very special episode of What If, called What If Kehori Reshaped the World. I'm one of your hosts, Derek, in case you don't know by now. Yes, and fellow Defenders, if you don't know by now, I am your other host, John. Welcome right. to this podcast mm-hmm. and what an episode this one was oh absolutely so, loved it mm-hmm. loved it oh, it's an absolutely gorgeous episode really really beautiful and uh really special really interesting to do something like this with the what if story yeah for, for sure i mean the the part of me felt this was also no we're expecting the 1602 episode but this felt mm-hmm. like it was in that same kind of world yeah. with the conquistadors and uh with queen isabella it mm-hmm. felt like it was in that wheelhouse and yeah. of that time so i really really enjoyed this yeah, yeah. definitely uh, just a reminder of course if you haven't subscribed to the podcast you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, where you can subscribe to the podcast and any mysterious podcast player in the multiverse. Uh, we do want to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode, particularly. Uh, so email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com if you have any thoughts on this one. Uh, or you can come on and join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries, where we have spoiler posts up for every episode of What If. Absolutely. Uh, let us get into our spoiler-filled discussion. Mm-hmm. Derek, who gave us what, where, when, how, why, and where? <laughs> well, of course, executive producers for the show are Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, Brad Winderbaum, and, of course, Kevin Feige as well. Uh, head writer for the show was AC Bradley. Uh, this episode, though, was written by Ryan Little in collaboration with the citizens of Keninkeka. I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, the Mohawk Nation. So uh, very much done in collaboration with that community uh, to ensure that everything was right. The language that's spoken is the actual Mohawk language, which is really interesting that they made that decision uh, to do 90% of the episode in the Mohawk language. And the other... About 8% was in Spanish and then a tiny bit of the Watcher in English. Yeah. And Stephen Strange. Yeah, exactly. And Stephen Strange. Yeah, course, yeah. just uh, mainly subtitles for, yeah. the, for this episode. It was really good. But it's I'm really glad they really though. committed to that. It was Absolutely. superb. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, really interesting that the main character here, Kiori, is played by uh, Devery Jacobs from um, Reservation Dogs, uh, which is available on, on Hulu or Disney Plus uh, as well. So she's one of the main characters. Uh, on that show so uh, really interesting to have her on board here as well yeah definitely yeah, yeah. good stuff a first people story in the marvel universe uh, of course episode directed once again by brian andrews as well uh, john do you want to tell us what they gave us with what if season two episode six what if kehori reshaped the world sure 
After Surtur destroys Asgard during Ragnarok, the Tesseract crash lands in the Hudensane Confederacy in pre-colonial America. The Tesseract falls into a lake, releasing the energy of the Space Stone into it, giving it magical properties. In the late 15th century, a young Mohawk woman, Kahori, and her brother, Huata, are hunted by Spanish conquistadors led by Rodrigo Alfonso Gonzalo, who have ransacked their village in search of the Fountain of Youth. The conquistadors chase them into a cave where they capture Huata and shoot Kahori, causing her to fall into a lake. The space stone located at the bottom of the lake creates a portal and teleports Kahori to another dimension, where she is nursed back to health by fellow Mohawk people. One of the villagers, Atarak, explains that people who interact with the lake are teleported to the Sky World, Mm -hmm. where they gain the powers and become immortal, but are unable to return to their home. Kahori stays and becomes acquainted with the Sky World villagers, while also familiarizing herself with her new powers. Eventually, Gonzalo dispatches men into the lake, believing it to be the Fountain of Youth. The conquistadors are teleported to the Sky World, where they attempt to attack the villagers, but are stopped by Kahori, who forces the portal in the sky to the ground in order to return to her home to rescue her people from the conquistadors. She is later joined by the Sky World villagers, who help her defeat the conquistadors and rescue her people. Sometime after, Kahori and the Skyworld villagers force Queen Isabella of Spain to make peace with the Mohawk people. Doctor Strange Supreme appears from a portal and congratulates Kahori for causing world peace, saying that he has been looking for her for a long, long time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, another interesting ending. Absolutely, after, uh, Last yeah. episode where we had um, a portal opening and uh, and uh, Captain Carter disappearing into 1602. Uh, here we have Strange Supreme arriving from our current timeline, uh, yeah, where absolutely. he currently is uh, going and finding uh, Kahori. Yeah, definitely. So let us get into our top three points Mm -hmm. here. And our first one is what if we had seen this before? You know, what are the cinematic universe references here? Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly there's the Thor Ragnarok right at the start where we see Sator kind of defeating uh, Odin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Tesseract kind of being uh, d- destroyed uh, to some extent, um, mm. but a piece of the Tesseract. Well, in fact, I think the whole Tesseract survives mm-hmm. ultimately yes. uh, and falls into this lake system underground yeah. um, on Earth. Yeah, and I suppose uh, the big the big change there is uh, that it's Ragnarok. Ragnarok is happening significantly earlier than uh, than it happens in uh, in the MCU. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and in many respects, then. There's not too many other references. I mean, that's Mm. almost like the jump-off point. But here we come into this whole uh, new world, Mm -hmm. primarily. Yeah, um, literally the new world. Of the first peoples um, (laughs) in pre-colonial America. Yeah. uh, And how, I think as the Watcher uh, describes, you know, with this piece of Tesseract that has survived, it's Mm -hmm. created new wonders, and it creates this new wonder uh, in North America. Yeah. um, And where it you know ultimately the 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 implications of that take place over over time yeah and so you have in a sense very much a, a new um timeline produced here yeah and um, away from uh what we know because yeah. of 
the Ragnarok event happening and, in effect, su- succeeding as you have the destruction of Asgard. Well, absolutely, absolutely. I suppose the other things I'd probably call out from the MCU, the other movies that are kind of Im- affected by it, uh, or the things that we've seen that are taken into this story of Kahori, um, it's really Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel got her powers from the Tesseract, yep. from the explosion that she was caught in. So uh, so she's getting her powers very similar to how uh, Kahori got her powers here. Um, we also had uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, who both got their powers from the Tesseract and the experimentation that was that's done true. on the Tesseract. In Age of Ultron. In Age of yeah. Ultron, so, um, which we saw in WandaVision. Um, that's, we saw much more detail about that in, in WandaVision. So, uh, so that's quite interesting that, yeah. that those things wouldn't have happened, of course. But we have seen on screen people getting powers directly from the Tesseract and from uh, pieces of it. So uh, so this transformation of Kahori isn't something that hasn't happened in the MCU before. It's just a different character, I suppose, which is quite, which is the interesting part about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think on to our point too, what if there was a small change? You know, mm-hmm. the premise of this episode, as we said, is that we have Ragnarok um, taking place much earlier and being completed you know with the destruction of asgard Mm -hmm. and um and odin Uh, and it's happening significantly earlier as you've said and bringing the tesseract to uh, the new world on earth the implication of that is that you know i I love how you know the this forbidden lake um Mm -hmm. were a number of different tribes have fought and battled over it um rather than coming together mm-hmm. to use it as a single resource. And this land where the Forbidden Lake is, it is um, deemed to be cursed. It yes. hasn't been cleansed following these battles. So we yeah. have uh, Kahori and her brother, Wata, um, coming across all these skeletons mm-hmm. where you've had battles uh, between different tribes of the Mohawk Nation and yeah. um, to... I guess maybe have supremacy over this new resource, but when they it actually kinda, come yeah. across it, yeah. it just seems like they call it a puddle yes. uh, with some ducks <laughs> on it. Because exactly. actually what we find later, um, when Kahori and her brother uh, run to this place again to mm-hmm. escape the conquistadors who are attacking their village, yeah. um, is that the Forbidden Lake is underground mm-hmm. it's within an underground cave system exactly. uh, with this sort of fluorescent blue yeah um, and i'm very I, familiar I, with fluorescent blue of course with the test track because we've seen it for, yeah. you know we saw that right back in uh the first avengers movie you know so we've seen the test track for a very long time um and saw it in captain america as well so it's something that formed a, a part of the early uh phase one so it's a very familiar light that we're seeing there uh, but also i like how the watcher explains uh, much more sympathetically why the different tribes uh, were fighting with each other over the power in the lake. And it's more to do with the fact that when someone falls into the lake and gets dragged under like Kahori does, they disappear and the tribes think they're dead. So they're mourning the loss of some of their uh, greatest warriors. Uh, yeah. And that's driving them. This loss and sorrow that they have is driving them to battle with each other. And eventually they form a peace, uh, a peace between them. Uh, and the way to control that peace is by 
saying that this lake is a, a forbidden lake that nobody can go to it again because then they won't lose any more warriors, right? So uh, I thought that was a really good explanation that came from uh, the the watcher above um, seeing it from a different perspective than yeah. a member of the tribe like Kahori had, had seen it. But and the conquistadors here in, in this sense are then searching for the Fountain of Youth. And yes. we, we have them chased into the the underground uh-huh. cave system where Kahori is shot and falls into the lake. And that's where and how she is dragged through this portal created by um, the the Tesseract yeah. into then uh, what is known as the Sky World. Um, yes. This other dimension, this mm. other world where all the previous first peoples the, mm-hmm. of the Mohawk nation yeah. have um, been taken to and have set up their own society yeah. here. And again, um, not not really said as such, but they would have all been members of different tribes, exactly as as, uh, as uh, Kauri was talking about, yeah. the, tr- the tribes that fought together, and now they're in the Sky World, they're all working together and have created their own community in there. So despite the fact that uh, in the world they left behind their own tribes would have been fighting against each other. Uh, actually, they're all working together when they're in the Sky World. Uh, Kiori kind of describes the Sky World as, as almost like a heavenly place that you go to after you die, before she goes into it. And now she's, now she's in here. That's what they've named the place is the Sky World. Um, this whole storyline, I must say, really gave me a connection to the way Neil Gaiman comes up with his stories and his, uh, in his books and his comics. Um, there's always a central idea that we know from either history or from fiction that Neil Gaiman takes and does a bit of a spin on. Um, And the idea of the conquistadors looking for the fountain of youth, that is something that is in history, that the conquistadors were looking for a source of power uh, that was protected by the First Peoples in America, that was hidden by them. They they thought that there was some kind of magic, something there uh, that they could get because it's a very different country. They thought there was something there. So the idea that this Fountain of Youth is actually the Tesseract at the bottom of a lake, I thought it was a really good twist and it felt really Neil Gaiman-esque. If you've read any of his books or any of his short stories, there is something that he does yeah. with how those are written where when you read it, you realize, oh, he's actually talking about uh, the chalice of, of Christ or something like that is at the center of a story. But you didn't, but the way it's revealed to you uh, is similar to how it is in this episode of What If. I thought, I, I thought they've taken taken a Neil Gaiman type story. Totally agree, totally agree. It's why I was saying it it felt of the 1602 um, Neil Gaiman graphic novel, you know, in in terms of of that. And Mm -hmm. I kind of liked how, you know, Yes, this this whole law w- was brought into here, where Kahori then you know begins to learn that it's a permanent one way travel mm-hmm. as far as the those that have gone there before. Um, you know they've tried to get to the portal in the sky, but yeah. are unable to. Where she meets uh, Aharak, um, mm-hmm. and you know they go through this, and she's beginning to you know everything has absorbed some of this power, including mm-hmm. them. She's yeah. beginning to learn some of the things that she can do. You know, yeah. she, and she's touching the trees and it kind of glows mm-hmm. blue yeah. when she pulls it away. Um, like everything's it's almost filled, like this yeah. bioluminescence in yes. a sense. Yeah, um, definitely some uh, some Avatar in there. Um, you know, if Avatar were going to do an animated TV show, uh, like hopefully it would look as good as this looks. Like it, it looks absolutely beautiful. They've taken a little bit of inspiration from that. Um, there is, of course, the tribe working with uh, with the land. Um, so I really like the way Asrak is explaining that the land wants to help you. The land wants to work with you yeah. to accomplish your goal. But while they have attempted to leave, 
it feels like, uh, as Atarak explains, this is a paradise. We don't age, we don't die, nobody gets sick, we can all work together, we can all live off the land, and the land works with us uh, to provide everything that we need. It is a version of heaven, it is a version of their heaven, what they were trying to achieve when they lived in the Americas, in the New World, I yeah. suppose, uh, beforehand. So I loved that that sense of um, of their belief system coming to, to together to explain what was going on. Yeah. And I, I loved yeah. how, like in, in terms of the, you know, the, the, the conversations between Kahori and uh, Asarak, mm-hmm. um, you have, you know, that she, that the, her kind of tribal or, or spiritual animal is a wolf. His is mm-hmm. a turtle. And yeah. it's also the notion that, you know, she is the disruptive influence that's yes. come in here because, she has gotten the to escape the conquistadors and you know in a sense she wants to seek a pathway home and you see her trying to do that by floating uh, branches up mm-hmm. to try and reach the portal in the sky and yeah. it comes to a head where um gonzalo's um troops um you know he he makes them go into the forbidden lake you know and is asking them are you becoming youthful but they are transported to the sky world as well and it's only with that attack yeah. from them on the people already there mm-hmm. that you know I, I like how she's kind of challenges those first peoples that have already been there you know that you've lost sight of um your ancestors you know mm-hmm. it's almost she's lamenting that they've become too comfortable um and that you know this attack on the sky world reminds her of the attack that's happened to her village, you know, yeah. and the destruction of her village, the imprisonment of her people yeah. by the, the Spanish. And, um, you know, I'm going to face these monsters, she says, yeah. as she draws on the power mm-hmm. that she has. And she, she does seem hugely powerful yes. to actually pull the portal from the sky mm-hmm. uh, to the surface yeah. in order to be able to just walk through it. A bit like one of the Doctor Strange sling rings. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I really liked how, you know, she she's this disruptive, challenging mm-hmm. um, sort of presence here yeah. uh, as they have kind of, in a sense, settled down. Exactly. Here. There's there's almost like this challenge from her going, how dare you get this power, live this beautiful life and not use it to help our people who are dying, who are being killed by the conquistadors. How dare you sit on your laurels here and be happy with your lot in life when you know there's a way out of here if we all work together and we can go back and help people like her people, her tribe. Yep. So uh, I really like that, you know, and again, uh, voiceover from from the Watcher uh, saying, you know, this is a hero. It's not about the fact that she got the powers. It's the fact it's it's what she does with the powers that make her a hero um, and, and the inspiration that she uh, builds within this community, within uh, the people of the Sky World, which yeah, I thought absolutely. was really cool. Yeah. And I love her going back and facing down the, um, the, the oh, Spanish so conquistadors cool. yeah. who are taking you know, her village, uh, back to, to Spain, taking mm. back to the ships. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, you know, great where you see Gonzalez sort of looking to take a shot at her with his musket, mm-hmm. but ultimately then orders all the cannons to fire from the ships and mm. she's doing her best, but it, it's too much. And then, yeah. you know, that challenge that she's set to, 
and her people uh, in the sky world they ultimately take it up and come t- to also help save and rescue her her people yeah. from um from the oppressors destroy so, the spanish yeah, galleon it, it was really good i, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. this and i mean it's in that same wheelhouse you see um as with wakanda forever and the more mm-hmm. uh, and the you know the Mesoamerican people of uh you know Mexico mm-hmm. and I, I I loved that and I, I similarly absolutely loved this as well yeah I, I think it's so interesting when they do something like this um I find it really fresh really invigorating Definitely. um there's just kind of so much kind of hope to it mm-hmm. um and certainly in this sense I guess if we're to go to our third point what if the universe was changed forever this is about the changing of history that the conquistadors failed as we hear queen isabella Mm -hmm. of spain saying we've lost or her her advisor saying we've lost uh gonzalez we've lost the mendoza brothers Mm -hmm. we've lost jacoba Mm -hmm. and you know we have we can't deny it any longer that you know, we cannot claim the new world. Absolutely. And the arrogance of Queen Isabella, mm. you know, I have the mightiest army, the, the fiercest, mm. uh, most unrivaled, um, navy and, yeah. you know, and, then, and just that idea that she's saying I was ordained by God to be your ruler, yeah. uh, a person in Spain who's saying I'm coming to your country, taking your country. And I have, uh, I'm the one that has been ordained to, to rule your country. You know, just the idea of the audacity of that. Um, and I love it. I love as Kehori arrives using the portal again, interestingly, uh, with her people uh, to come along with her. And what she's looking for is peace. She's not saying, I want the throne of Spain. I'm coming back to take your country like you came to take mine. The line that she says of, I believe your health and our health are connected. Yeah, exactly. If you're healthy, we're healthy. If you're safe, we're safe. This is not about fighting and creating a new war. This is about us being peaceful and working together within this world. I, I thought it was a beautiful way of, of closing out that story, of closing Absolutely. out this really powerful person who does show off her power. She, she throws Isabella out of the chair and destroys her throne, uh, showing that if you don't want to uh, cooperate with us, that will be the end of your society. Yeah, she says there will be no future for your people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's certainly, uh, you know, hard bargaining here. Absolutely. Uh, but in a sense, a necessary one, because mm-hmm. you have the um the arrogance of the assumption of preordained power and rule yep. over other people whether it's her own people in spain mm-hmm. but also um you know through god through the church through being uh, of royal bloodline mm-hmm. to ultimately people in new worlds exactly. you know um yeah. Yeah. So I I thought this was really really good. Absolutely. Uh, and then ultimately finishing off with Stephen Strange mm-hmm. or Strange Supreme coming through a portal and um, sort of saying world peace in record time. Mm-hmm. You know, Kahori, I've been looking for you for a long time. Yes. Interestingly, what he says uh, at the end of world peace and record time that's gonna last and it has that kind of disdain that Stephen strange uh, adds to his words uh it's kind of like oh you forced people into world peace uh that's probably not gonna last a very long time so uh so yeah i'm I'm not really too sure what uh what strange supreme wants with uh with kahori but she is a powerful ally i'm sure if you can get her on board well absolutely Um, absolutely so yeah 
really good yeah. um i think yeah. anything else you want to uh talk about any notes about the episode john that we haven't uh talked about i think just the you know the hunt for the fruit that's oh, kind yes. of on the back mm-hmm. of the the buffalo that they awake sort of or this world's equivalent almost of a buffalo herd yeah. um you know you see kahori really with very high speed and mm-hmm. then the strength to stop one of them and flip them over which none of the others seem to be able to do yeah i think atorax is saying to her never run in front of them because effectively they will trample you they'll kill yeah. you uh but when after kiori lifts the one flips it over you see the rest of them uh give her a wide berth yeah, almost they absolutely. don't trample her they move around her uh so again Exactly as he said, the this place is trying to work with you. This place, this world, this planet will help you uh, achieve what you want to achieve. So it's uh, it's very cool. I really, really, really like that. Um, one note that I had was about the name of the episode itself. Uh, what if Kahori reshapes the the world? Um, I had talk coming into it, hearing that it, that it was a new MCU hero completely created for what if she hadn't appeared in any in any comics before. Uh, given that title, I did feel like she was going to be another Scarlet Witch, a version of Scarlet Witch in the comic books. A big one of the biggest storylines of the Scarlet Witch is the fact that she created, reshaped the world so that she could save her children and created the House of M. As, as John, you'll remember that yeah. uh, that comic book series. So I thought what Kahuri was going to be doing is using her powers to actually effectively magically change the world okay yeah. what she's doing here i love the idea that she's changing history by using her powers to get world peace to stop the spanish from taking the over of her uh, people to yeah. take taking over the new world so that is the big change that is how the universe has changed forever how this world has changed forever we no longer have the new world conquered by the Spanish conquistadors, right? So that's a massive change. If that had happened in our world, uh, America would be a very different place, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Uh, so that thought that was really interesting. Uh, there was an interesting warning at the end of the episode, or a, a, I don't know, disclaimer, I guess, at the end of the episode uh, for the first time, saying this is a multiversal story. It's uh, it's playing out, um, and it isn't effectively isn't tend to offend anybody. So, uh, which I thought was interesting, c- given that they didn't put that after any of the other episodes. So, yeah, it, uh, it is yeah. a bit weird. I mean, I don't know who that supposedly directed to yeah. you know is it something to do with the, you know the spiritual um aspects of mm-hmm. the mohawk nation or it is it be. just you know sort of gammon heads who <laughs> would take offense at, you know or yeah. I, I don't know it, it's an interesting one but i guess it's it's something they you know feel they need to do i mean yeah. you know, it reminded me a bit of uh ubisoft the the games developer mm-hmm. with assassin's creed yeah. you know the kind of talk about how you know the game has been created by you know a multicultural mm-hmm. multi-faith team yeah but it's a strange one i was Isn't kind it? of yeah. wonder who that's being directed at yeah it's just in case i guess is there is there somebody out there that thinks that the conquistadors were doing good uh traveling across the world slaughtering people and taking over a nation you know is that <laughs> is that will they get defensive about that so uh marvel have to anticipate that by putting up uh putting up that uh disclaimer but i i must say i thought this was absolutely beautifully delivered yeah, of the story I it, was. it was so well written so well put together and what a cool character uh kaori is i really want to see her in the future and i wonder would Devery Jacobs play the character of Corey in live action if we would see great. the character great moving over from one? Would yeah. be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I guess that's it overall for yeah. uh, the discussion of the episode. John, do you defend uh, season two, episode six? What if Corey reshaped the world? I absolutely do defend this. I love this one. Um, I'd give this five Brave New Worlds out of five. I mm-hmm. thought this was really 
uh, great. Um, I love the whole changing of, of the history. I love the use of the Tesseract here. I love the use, um, and the, uh, of the first peoples and the mm-hmm. first peoples hero. Um, that's really in my wheelhouse. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I thought, you know, the commitment to have it all done in the, um, Mohawk Nation's language, really good. Um, I loved uh, just the whole premise of it. I love, this is not only just a what if of the Marvel MCU, Mm -hmm. it's the what if of a a different history. You know, it's kind of like, what if someone went back and killed baby Hitler? You know, how would the world be different? Would it be better? Would it be worse? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the intrigue at the end with Stephen Strange being a little bit dubious, uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, a bit unreadable here in terms of actually what he's asking at the end. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and so for me, um, you know, hats off to, um, Marvel for doing this, mm-hmm. uh, again. You know, it, again, it, it feels like it's, it's really filling, uh, a hole for me in the MCU in terms of how they tackled Namor, uh, as well. So I, I've really enjoyed this sort of, um, exploration of, First Peoples, Mesoamerica mm-hmm. in the the Marvel universe. Yeah. So for I, me, absolutely defend this episode. Yeah. It is five Brave New Worlds out of five, and I I can't wait to see Kahori uh, in a comic book um, with her own dedicated story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, that'd be awesome. And I do feel, obviously, with the way this episode ended, that we will be seeing Kahori back uh, in a later episode of What If as well. I hope so. Uh, they've created her for the show. Let's uh, let's make sure they bring her back. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Derek, do you defend this episode? Absolutely. Uh, this is excellent. This is really, really good. This is when an animated show is firing on all cylinders. They've got a really creative idea. They've got beautiful animation. They're working in collaboration with the Mohawk Nation to make sure that it's uh, that it's within their style as well uh, to create this beautiful world, create this really interesting story, this really interesting concept. Um, exactly as you say, John, you know, Really does sit alongside the Mesoamericans with, with Namor and the Wakanda nation with, uh, with Black Panther and what they've done with those worlds. Here we have, uh, First Peoples and done really, really well. What a great way to, to introduce these characters and this world into the MCU. Uh, really excited to see Kahori back in the future. Yeah. 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 Great stuff. Great stuff. But John. Once again, what if we had some feedback from our wonderful fellow defenders? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, First up, we have some Facebook feedback uh, from Heather Wallace, who says, This was intriguing and a genuine alternate history of the world with a Marvel spin. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued if Doctor Strange has time-traveled or, similar to the 1602 comic, exists in this time period. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Um I kind of got the feeling he had time traveled Me too. here. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the difficult thing with Doctor Strange sometimes is his outfit could be from the, the time of Hey Nonny Nonny. <laughs> so, uh, you, you never know, but yeah. that's kind of how I took it initially. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It's a really interesting question. I guess we'll find out, uh, when we get to the, the 1602 episode or at least the next episode that this, uh, Doctor Strange appears in, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much, Heather, mm, thanks, uh, Heather. For, for the feedback. Also on Facebook, we have Lindsay Lois, who says, a visually stunning episode. Kudos to the animation teams mm-hmm. and an immersive experience. Kudos to the voice actors 
and to the ones in charge that decided to use the characters' mother tongues to really ground and immerse us in their reality. Mm-hmm. Kind of got me teary-eyed as well, given the situation that Corey's people were in and how she managed to rally those from the other realm to help fight the oppression. I also love that she didn't stop just freeing her own people, but decided to extend the agenda of peace all over the world. Mm -hmm. Although, like Doctor Strange, I'm not sure if that will work out the way that she had hoped. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the magical Doctor, it was nice to have him back. And once more, I am intrigued by where this season's major story is leading into. If at all, this is the same Doctor Strange we met from the previous season, and if his recruiting of Kahori is related to Captain Carter being recruited by Fury and Wanda in the previous episode. Mm. Apologies for the rambling, but in conclusion, you can say I am very excited for all this. (laughs) Cheers for the time, and take care. Lindsay, thanks so much, Lindsay. Absolutely, yep, thanks, Lindsay. Totally agree with you. This was a great uh, looking episode, and yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree with it. It's, it it provides an immersion into the experience yeah. of um, these characters by having uh, their language being used, mm-hmm. uh, and I really like that because just the intonation of of the of the conversation, even though you don't understand it, even though you're reading the the subtitles and yeah. um, because certainly I have no fluency in, um, in, in that language, yeah. but you're reading it and you have this new sound yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's so good. I really, really enjoyed it yeah. um, a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean, this uh, doctor is certainly the one from the previous season and it will be so interesting. We thought, we thought that going into the, the movie uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that that was going to have Strange Supreme in it and it turned out to be just another version of, of Strange. So I guess we can't tell until he comes back if it's definitely the same but it's certainly similar to Strange Supreme yeah, from absolutely, last season. It's absolutely. very similar. Um, so it would be interesting now sort of what state of mind he's in mm-hmm. uh, given his um season one experiences yeah. um to be honest yeah. so it'll be interesting now um but like you absolutely excited for um the the rest of this season yeah. of, of what if yeah it's interesting is is strange supreme connected to um fury and wanda from the last episode or is are they recruiting two different teams to fight against each other or something yeah well exactly yeah, that could be that yeah. could be an interesting way to go but again we'll see as the season goes on uh great stuff thanks Lindsay. uh we also got some feedback from joel sharpton over on facebook who says feels more and more like they learned every good lesson from season one and have knocked it out of the park with season two of what if since this series was always one of my favorite comics, I couldn't be happier. I love this tale, and tra- tying it so directly into our overarching narratives is smart. This could genuinely be a live-action miniseries adaptation, and be I'd be super excited to watch it. Definitely. Reminded me of the dubbed version of last year's Prey on Hulu at times. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, de- definitely see that connection. Uh, Joe, uh, yeah, it really is excellent. It really is an excellent episode. Exactly as I said uh, myself as well. This is the, this is what you do when you have a what if, a story of any type of possibility in any type of universe. You, you, if you can find this nugget of an idea and be able to deliver it and execute it as well as they have in this episode, uh, that's when what if is at its best, right? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Joel. The lads are enjoying um, 
season two of what if absolutely absolutely victor van doom says i would like to see more of this new character it looks like strange supreme we'll see to that <laughs> i was pleased to see the huge collaboration with the Navajo nation as well yeah great stuff thanks victor excellent stuff thanks victor uh dr bob says this told a tale i've not seen very much of at all and loved it mm-hmm. always appreciate characters are allowed to speak in their own language rather yep. than everyone needing to communicate in english for the watchers please in this story it helps emphasize the oppression of colonialism even more mm-hmm. uh good stuff uh dr bob yeah absolutely i think the language here is just really good yeah. to, to have and yeah. i mean it, it's to that point you know where people say that um the you know the language comes part of it. it it becomes part of the soundscape because as you read the subtitles to, in order to understand it you it's that kind of intonation of the language exactly. which is very different from english and it's the mm-hmm. same with having the spanish you yeah. know yeah yeah um so yeah really good uh thanks dr bob mm-hmm. uh, and also then finally on facebook uh joe herbert says this was a surprisingly moving episode. Mm-hmm. Not what I expected from What If. That includes Party Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, Joe. Uh, I'm glad they're not including Party Thor uh, this season at all. They obviously learned their lesson, realized it was a terrible episode, and aren't going to repeat it in Absolutely. the future. Uh, but yeah, this is an excellent episode. And again, um, you know, uh, the show is uh, is hitting it out of the park this season. There's been so many good episodes uh, of the season so far. There's, we're six episodes in. I think I've I've loved five and liked one so uh that's pretty good that's a good ratio yeah Yeah, absolutely Uh, finally we have an email in from coffee and vodka who says greetings fellow indigenous defenders uh here i was looking forward to the 1602 episode as the expected best of season when along comes kaorian friends and not just their power but a powerful message grow up get along and be one with the land or else. The use of language, lore and love for the subject matter elevated everything to description-defying levels. Then to bring in Strange Supreme with his recruitment drive to close it off, absolutely brilliant. The MCU has its first notable new hero since Captain Carter in Kehori, who I can already see in her own fast-tracked live-action movie. Off for another rewatch. Five plus bejeweled buffaloes, tesseract tribes, and spanked Spanish expansionists <laughs> out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Seriously, I haven't felt an oncoming media vibe like this since the first appearance of Harley Quinn. The right hero with the right message at the right time. This is going to be big. Interesting that's prediction massive. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's massive. Um, Kahori is fabulous. Really, really enjoyed her. I'm, I'm hoping we're going to get to see uh, a lot more of her in the future. Um, I know they're slowing down production on a lot of the on a lot of the stuff. They're not actually green lighting or uh, or putting stuff into production quickly at the moment at Disney or uh, in the movies. They're kind of slowing that down at the moment. But if ever there was a character that deserved uh, a bigger role, a bigger spotlight in the future, I think Kahori is that. They've yeah. introduced her so well here. Yeah, I hope absolutely. lots of people watch this episode. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. Yeah, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. And thank you to all the feedback from our fellow defenders uh, for this episode. Really good to get your thoughts uh, and theories and observations and comments on episode six. Absolutely. If you want to send in your thoughts, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. That's it for Kehori reshaping the world we'll be back next time with season two episode seven of what if what if hella found the ten rings Ooh, interesting Ooh, our first 
callback to Shang-Chi movie. Yeah. Um, one of my favourites of the MCU so far. Really, I absolutely love Shang-Chi. So I'm really intrigued to see uh, what they do with Hela walking around in the world of the Ten Rings. Absolutely. It's really interesting. Good stuff. We'll be back next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us, fellow Defenders. Until... Uh, the next episode and the 10 rings Mm -hmm. Uh, keep watching keep listening and of course keep defending Mm -hmm. bye bye